Folks, I want to speak to you about a subject that I uh, have always held very close to my heart. Um, I've always longed and said, Lord, maybe in my lifetime, if you would allow me to see a real revival, uh, where your church is really revived, um, that'll be great. And, um, and I've seen times of refreshing and so on, but a real time of revival that results eventually in souls being saved, I have not seen yet. And I hope that I will do before the Lord takes me home one day. But one of the things that impresses me about Jacob is that he wrestled with God all night until the angel of God blessed him. And, um, and so the rest of his life, he walked with a limb, uh, indicating that he wrestled with God. He didn't give up on God. And I feel um, that you and I as the church, especially in the times that we're living in, in this world, need to wrestle with God for revival. It is time that we get up and uh, those of us who feel that we are right with God and ready with God on behalf of others that might be lukewarm or cold who call themselves believers, that you and I would wrestle with them uh, or, and for them, for their sake and for the sake of the church for a revival. Let me speak on that subject today in the next few weeks. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, we often quote, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, the Lord says, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. We're going to preach a couple of sermons on this passage. But let me start with the first one. If my people who are called by my name. In other words, God is directing this word to his people. He's directing it to the church. He's directing it to the believers. He's directing it to his people who were called by his name. You, you see, the word revival simply means that it's an improvement in a condition or an improvement in strength. And some of us need a revival in our strength. Those who have been affected by the COVID-19, we are praying regularly for some of you that you would be revived in your strength. Uh, the dictionary says, or a revival means a, 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 a renewal in fortune or something or someone. Uh, the, the Bible dictionary gives us a little bit more understanding of what God means when it comes to revival. An awakening. And there are different passages in the Bible that speaks about a time when God's people were revived. An awakening in a church community. An awakening in their interest. An awakening in their personal relationship with God and with others as well. In other words, religion or Christianity that somehow is coming back to life, to what it's supposed to be in a specific community. The Americans often use this word revival meetings. And that indicates that a series of meetings will take place where we will see the church come to life in that week. Uh, and, and, and the result is that people will come to salvation as well. So what we're speaking about is a religious or a, a faith awakening. That's what revival really means. My dear friend, when a person drowns in a pool and they need to be rescued, and, and you normally rescue them uh, when they're not dead. 
obviously. Just before they die, you take them out of water, and then there's a series of, of, of uh, revival methods that you may use on them to revive them. And, and you, you do all kinds of stuff, and then they might, and hopefully there will be a time then when they open their eyes, and maybe the water comes out of their mouth, and you see the relief on their faces, and the joy on their faces, and also on the bystanders, especially of their family as well. And sometimes you see these movies when people are lying on the beach, and they, they need to be revived, and, and suddenly they, they, they spit out all this water, vomit out this water, and the bystanders cheer and rejoice because a person is revived. You see, in this context, revival means that it is somebody who was not dead, showed some symptoms of life, but was definitely not alive, not well, and they needed to be revived. So these life-saving assistance is giving to that person to revive them and to renew them and to bring them back to life again. Such a person, my dear friend, I can tell you, is never the same again after an experience like that as well. Now in biblical terms, revival refers as well to something, a church that was living, a church that was strong, but now has become dead or cold and needs to be revived again. So it's not completely dead. There's still some smoke. There's still a little bit of a flickering of hope there. And, and the word revival is used to bring them back to life and back to purpose again. Revival indicates that a church or churches or a, a move of God or, or Christianity itself uh, once lived and once lived up to its purpose and was once enthusiastic about their, their walk with God and their purpose in their community and was once effective and once the life even of that community, but has lost that. And I want to tell you that I believe that the church of Christ in South Africa the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in Johannesburg, the church at the barn and maybe your own church as well, definitely showing signs of, of lukewarmness and coldness. And we are trusting God that we will see the church revived in its strictest sense. The revival comes to the believer, not the unbeliever. The unbeliever eventually is affected by the revival because when you and I are revived and renewed in our faith, something happens in us that then spills over to the non-believer that is saved. I want to give you a whole lot of reasons why I think we might be in need of a revival in a moment as well. But when we pray for the church to be revived, my friend, we're praying for a body of believers that showed these signs of life but have lost their passion. And in Revelations, it speaks about losing your first love that has lost their first love. In other words, they saved but dead in their works and dead in their, 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 their passion. And they need to be brought back to life again. Revival, therefore, starts in the household of God. When we pray for revival, we pray for ourselves. We pray for our brothers and sisters. We pray that God would come upon us again. I believe, my dear friend, God wants to let His gracious river of love and grace and passion flow over us. I don't believe it's God's plan and will for us to remain dead in our passion and in our function. I don't believe it's God's will that we go downwards at a church. Even in persecution, God's will is that the fire would burn so bright 
that even if the world doesn't accept it, they would see it. Revival has got to start in you and me. I was so hoping in the, the beginning a year ago almost of this COVID-19 when we preached with passion about coming back to God and, and being serious about God and, and the implications of this possible wipeout of, of many people. I was so, so, so looking forward to the church rising up to the opportunity and rising up to the occasion and coming in full force back into a meaningful relationship with God. And then when we opened the doors in the middle of last year, in 2020, to the church, I was hoping in my heart of hearts that people would be queuing outside the church to get in and that we would have to say to people, come to a next service because this one is full and we could only allow 200 in. But unfortunately, that has not happened. And I don't know what God will have to do to you and me or allow to you and me in order for us to bring us to our senses, for, to bring that desire and that passion in us for a personal revival, for a church revival. I hope that it doesn't have to be too severe for each one of us. Let me tell you a story. My sister-in-law and my wife and I joined a group of people and we did some river rafting some years ago, many years ago. And my wife, Carol, just had an operation on her legs. And, and so she didn't want to go with her husband because she felt that she wanted to go with somebody experienced on a kayak. So my sister-in-law and I were in the kayak together. And we had this bad experience when, when you come over a waterfall and it's not necessarily higher than two meters. And, and it forms like a washing machine when you go over that water. And, and we were warned how to, how to roll up in a little bundle and then the, 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 it, automatically you'll be spat out. And we came over this waterfall and we both fell out of our kayaks and I rolled up into this bundle and, and my sister-in-law kept dragging me down. Eventually I pushed it away and the water spat me out and, and I got out onto the bank and I looked back and I saw her just drifting. I could just see a helmet come down the river like this. And I shouted and Carol shouted and, and the, guy, the guy that was with us ran after and picked up the, the water and water spewed out of her mouth and her eyes were this big. And we said, Denise, you were just floating. She says, no, I was wrestling. I was wrestling for my life. But she wasn't. You see, at, at that stage, she was almost, she was drowning. And she was just floating down this, this river, thinking that she was wrestling. But there was no physical evidence that she was. So I'm thinking of the church in that context. You see, sometimes the church thinks that it's wrestling. Sometimes the church thinks that it's a lie. Sometimes even as a believer, I think I am fine. But there's no signs that I'm actually wrestling and actually alive and actually making an impact on my community. You see, often we are lulled into the state of drowsiness, of being asleep spiritually. And we just slowly get into that stage and, and into that passive mode. And we slowly die. And, and, and you know, that's how Satan works with us. We don't even see that it's happening to us. Let me give you some verse. And then I'm going to go on to sh uh, showing you some signs that you and I might be in this desperate need of seeing revival in the times that we're living in. You see, Revelation chapter 3 verse 16 says this. So because you are lukewarm 
and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. I love reading about revivals and I've done it all my life because I've got a desire in my heart to see one, to see a genuine revival. So Charles Finney gives a whole lot of reasons. And if you go on the website, you'll see other people giving some, some, some reasons why they, or some signs to a church or an individual that they may well be in need of a revival. Let me highlight some, and I've added a few. And there's a lot. You've got to write this down today or get my notes or re-listen to the sermon because it will be posted. Charles Finney gives a number of reasons, and I've added, as I said. The first reason that he says that you and I, uh, um, that may show that you and I need revival, uh, need God's move upon us, is that when we show a lack of Christian love. Let me just give brief statements about these things, because, and, and, and maybe you just want to say, tick some of them. And then go back to God after this and say, yes, Lord, I know that I need. Or no, Lord, thank you that I'm on fire. I'm praying for others as well. But a lack of Christian love is a definite sign that I need revival in my life. You see, when there is no need or no want for brotherly love among us, when there's no need for us to demonstrate love to our community, or to those who are not saved, I am telling you that there is a need for spiritual revival in our times. There should be a desire, a passion to demonstrate the love of God. And if not, if there's no love in your heart today for those who are struggling around you, if there's no love in your heart today and no passion in your heart today for good works, my, my, my friend, there is a loud shout of a need of revival in your life and in my life as well. You see, when we're sinking into the stage of being backslidden, when we're in that stage, we do not have the same love that we once had when we did and when we were on fire for God. When we were alive in our faith, can you remember the love you had for God, for His church, and for the lost, and for the needy? If that is dying, you and I need revival. You see, I believe that God loves all people, even the unsaved, with, with a tremendous love of compassion and generosity. And the generosity He shows through His church to the unbeliever. He does not love with complacency. In other words, smugness, keeping it to Himself and being self-satisfied and self-absorbed. God's love is a love of giving. If that is not there in the church, in your life and in my life, we are in desperate need of revival. Another uh, a sign that you need revival in your life is when you are part of divisions in your church or in your life group. You see, when you are part of sowing divisions or being part of discussion of divisions in your church, when there's jealousy uh, uh, in, in, your, in, your, in your relationship with other believers, when you're speaking evil of other believers, then there is a need, a great need for revival in your life. Because these are the things that show us and show me when I'm, when I'm involved in these divisions that I'm definitely not right with God. Because God speaks out against it. And, and divisions are far from the heart of God. Far from Christian behavior. It is a time, if you're part of division today, that you will seek earnestly for revival in your life because Christianity 
will not prosper in our communities if such things are rife in a local church. And we've got to put an end to them. And it starts with me and it starts with you to say, I will not be part of this anymore. Another sign that you and I need revival is when worldliness creeps into the church. And worldliness is a big topic to speak about. But it's when, when the world is, is, is more important to me and my, and my walk in worldliness is stronger than my walk in faith. And it's indicated in many ways, but it's indicated in the way I dress. It is indicating in the way the parties that I attend and the way I attend those parties and what I do at those parties as well. It is indicated in, in the way I seek amusement in worldly things rather than in the issues of God. Like I said, it's a, it's a big topic and you can go and study it yourself. But when worldliness has taken over my passion for God, I'm in trouble and in need for revival. A fourth reason, and this is one that Charles Finney uh, indicates here, is that when there are scandals in Christianity or in my church, and scandals, again, is a broad subject, but scandals of, of immorality, scandals of divorce, th scandals of all kinds of stuff, scandals of, 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 of money being laundered and stolen from the church and from God's people as well. When that is rife in the church and in the times we're living in, that is rife. It is a sign, Charles Finney says, over hundreds of years ago, 200 years ago maybe, that he wrote this, maybe 150 years ago. He wrote this and he says, when there are scandals in the church, we have fallen into a gross need or a, or a great need for revival. It is time then for the church to cry out that God would revive it. The fifth sign that we need Revival is when I am part of controversies or arguments. And you know, so often that happens is when I'm not walking right with God. I, I, I'm just getting to all kinds of arguments about this and that and these little things. And little things become big things in my church. The seating and, or, or the, doctor, the, the, the way the pastor dresses or, or whatever it is. If I'm part of controversies and I've, I'm seeing a sort of a leading figure in controversies and arguments in my church. Let me tell you, revival then is needed in your life. You know, so often I look at comments people make. And I know when I'm in need of revival is when I get into those arguments, get involved in those kind of arguments. You see, when I'm walking so full of God, I often overlook some of the things that people are saying. And I'm asking myself, is this really important? Is this really going to build the church? And if not, I don't want to be involved in that controversy or that argument. I'm not saying turn a blind eye to wrong things in your church. But sometimes we get involved in non-issues and argue and argue, and you know the churches have split over the, how many times you baptize a person, whether it's one, two, or three times, and so on. There's so many things that have split churches. And I'm asking you, is if you're involved in controversy or arguments in your church today, then you are in need. I'm asking you to stop because you are in need of revival. The sixth reason why you might be in need of revival today, individually or in your church, is when wickedness triumph over righteousness 
and your church. You see, when sin is rife, when sin is common, when we use terminology like this, when we sin, that I've made a mistake, or I'm liberal, that's why I don't mind this or that or so on. When we start using those kinds of arguments or make those kind of statements, you can do whatever you want and swing from the chandeliers. But when you, when you allow sin to triumph over wickedness in your life, and when you don't take sin extremely serious as God does, and when you are corrected in your sin and you then blame or point finger or fight about it and not turn from it, when sin reigns and triumphs over wickedness, you need revival in your life. You can sing as loud as you want. You can wave your hands until the cows come home. But if you allow wickedness to triumph even over, over you in your life. And I can give you a list of stuff that I think is wrong, but you can ask the Holy Spirit to show you. The seventh reason why we meet, why we may need revival, my dear friends, is when the death of the unsaved does not bother us anymore. The death of the unsaved does not bother us anymore. You know, at our COVID-19 prayer, miracle prayer wall at our church, and, we, and we've written down hundreds of names there. We've got a specific block there that we, that we write names of people who are not saved, names of people who, who, who know Jesus. And you know what blesses me is that sometimes I see people going on their knees in front of this block and looking at these names of people that are not saved, and they are crying, physically weeping before the Lord because they know that their friends who die without Jesus will go to hell for eternity. You see, when the sinners die in sin around us and we don't care about their souls anymore, the church is in desperate need, my friend, to seek the stirring of revival. Inasmuch as it is the duty of the church to awake as it is the fireman's duty to awake when there's a fire. So the church needs to be awoken today to the fact that people need Jesus. And if it doesn't really uh, uh, bother me when I go into my friendly circles and I don't share my faith and I don't show my concern, you know, I cry out for some of my family members on a regular basis, for some friends that I know, some, some people in my, in my circles that I know, I cry, Lord, save them. Because more important than the days that we live in that God would save them than, that, than crying out that God would heal them physically. Finney says this, listen to this. The church ought to put out the fires of hell which are laying hold of the wicked. Sleep? He speaks about this and he says, well, you and I should definitely not be sleeping, my friend. You and I, in the times that we're living in, should not be found asleep like a fireman. He says, sleep. Should the fireman sleep and let the whole church or the whole city burn down? What would be the thought of such firemen? Who would like such a fireman? And yet their guilt would not compare to the guilt of Christians who sleep while sinners around them are sinking stupid into the fires of hell. Wow. You see, if you're not concerned about the salvation of people, you need revival. 
I'm going to touch on a few more here, but I'm not going into depth in all of them because they're self-explanatory. The next sign that you need revival is when your Bible is not opened in week. Maybe you read it a bit or maybe you see some of it on screen. And these days we become lazy even when it comes to reading our Bibles because all the scriptures are on the screens at our churches. But when the Bible gathers dust in the week and it's the last time you've opened it since Sunday and maybe only next Sunday you open it again, let me tell you, my dear, Dear friend, there's a sign of a need of revival is when this word of God is not read on a regular basis by you or listened to by you. There's a need of revival. The ninth sign that you may need revival in your life, and I'm speaking to you today because this is serious in the times that we live in, is when you regularly make excuses for missing church. When you regularly make, make excuses for missing church, you need revival. When we are on holiday, you know, folks, it's not nice to walk into a church where you are, don't know people and you go and sit there like a, a total stranger. But when we go on holiday, we look for a church because we don't want to miss the fellowship of the believers. You know, we use excuses like, I'm tired. And normally because I had a late night, watched the movie, I went to a party last night, I just had a busy week. I am tired. You know, sometimes people don't go to church because they say, this sermon, series doesn't really it's not really for me you see we have this consumer mentality if it doesn't meet my need then i won't go or i don't really like the music or today it's raining or too cold or the kids are difficult or i'm watching my favorite tv program that's why i can't join the prayer meeting or you know guys i'm playing golf that's why i can't go and pray for revival at my church my dear friend i play golf but i would much rather be with believers who seek god I like sport. I like watching sport. But when it comes to watching church or going to church, I will rather do that than have all these things in my life that I like over and above my desire for revival. You see, we live stream our services for a very specific reason. But let me tell you, I was so blessed this week when one of our worship team members wrote to me and wrote to Bryce as well, uh, uh, my son who pastors the, 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 the worship ministry in our church. And, and she said, I so desperately need and miss the fellowship of the believers. Yes, I'm watching it, but I so miss it, Rulof and Bryce. You know what? how that blesses me to hear that? I shouldn't remind you. I shouldn't be beating you over the head and remind you of Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 to say, do not neglect the fellowship of the believers. Neither should you be dragged to church. It should be something that I say, I want to go. Regardless, I am a giver. I'm coming to bless somebody today and listen to the word and worship as well. The 10th reason, and I've got a few more, why you may need revival is when you are a person among your friends and someone completely different when it comes to your life group or your church meeting. You're totally different. You know, sadly, I sometimes watch believers at brides or parties of any kinds of fellowship meetings or friends meetings. And I look at that believer and I'm not the judge because I'm looking at my own life and I'm concerned about my own life as well. But you know what? They drink as much as the unbeliever. They laugh at dirty jokes as much as the unbeliever. But when they come to church, they suddenly, this holy Joe. When people can't see you in those meetings as a believer, then you're a fake. 
I'm sorry to be so straight. But when you are different among your friends than you are at church, you are not walking right with God. You need a revival. The 11th reason why you may need a revival today is when your prayer time is limited to when you say grace, when you pray over your food, when there's no conversation with God other than God bless this food to my body in Jesus' name, amen, and thank those who have who've cooked it as well. If that's your prayer life, there is no intimacy with God. And people say, I can't pray. Well, the same people, when you meet them in a fellowship meeting or at a bride, they can't stop talking. And talking, talking to God is, 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 is just like talking to a friend. If there's intimacy with God, prayer is real. I talk to God. When prayer is limited in your life, you may need revival. The 12th reason why you may need revival in your life, my dear friends, is when the most significant People in your life are those who don't share your faith. You know, it is so important that I regularly fellowship with believers because people who only fellowship with unbelievers seem to, to just cool down and calm down and eventually backslide or become like the unbeliever. But when the most significant people in your life are not those who don't share your faith, you're in trouble. We need a good balance here with good fellowship, with good believers and, and believers who strengthen us. But we need to be concerned to have people in our lives who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The 13th reason why you may, may need revival. Listen to me today. I like to be liked. I don't like it when people don't like me. I really hurt when people dislike the things I say or who I am or what I stand for. As, but let me tell you, is when there's none among your friends, or among your family, or among your colleagues who criticize you for your faith, you need a revival. Because here is the absolute truth. If you and I really speak out and live out our faith, we will be persecuted some other stage. So count it great joy when that happens. When you suffer for the sake of your faith. That's what Paul says. But when people are not criticizing you, when everybody likes you too much, something is wrong and you need a revival. Let me give you two more and then I'm going to close for today. When you compartmentalize your life and your faith is only a box or a compartment or a section of your life, you are in need of revival. You see, that's what I said earlier on as well. I play my sport. I go to work. I, I, I have my social life. I have my family life. I have my whatever. And, and then I also have church. You see, I am a believer before I am or do anything else. When I ride my bicycle, I am a believer. When I go to a rugby match, I am a believer. I should stand out. I'm not always standing on a soapbox and commanding the unbeliever to stop doing what they're doing. But let me tell you, I am standing out because I'm a man of faith and I want to be a man of holiness as well. I don't want people to be put off Jesus when they look at me. I want them to see Jesus in me. And when nobody, when you compartmentalizing your faith and there's a little bit here and maybe on a Wednesday night for Life Group and a little bit on a Sunday, let me tell you, you are in need of a revival. Let me give you one more reason, and there might be more that you can find as well. 
Let me highlight again. I've touched on it earlier on. The 15th reason, the last one, why you might be in need of a revival is when your passion for this world, for the temporary, your passion for this little bit that you spend here, the 60, 70, or 80 years here, when your passion for all the stuff that this world can give you outweighs your passion for the kingdom of God, you are in need of revival. When gathering for yourself, when making sure that you are comfortable, when, when your passion to exceed in your, in your business, exceed in, in making money, exceed intellectually, and there's nothing wrong with these things, but when your passion for that exceeds your passion for the kingdom of God, when your passion for, for getting another house or a, a property at the beach or whatever it is, in an essence, that's nothing wrong with that, but when that exceeds, when, when your passion is to make yourself better and wealthier and it's not for the kingdom of God, you need a personal revival, my friend. I've left you with some thoughts to wrestle with today. And I want to bring you that, back to that scripture in Revelations that speaks about being lukewarm. And I want to ask you, I want to tell you, do not be found to be lukewarm. Because nobody likes vomit. And it says he will vomit you out of his mouth, the lukewarm one. Remember this, my, my dear friend. You cannot take this journey on your own, my friends. You and I need believers around us on this journey. We need Jesus in this journey. We need the Holy Spirit in this journey. We need the Word of God in this journey. You cannot do that. Cry out for revival today. My dear friend, part-time Christianity, or now and then, or uh, uh, um, um, compartmentalized Christianity or, or, or whatever you want to call it or, or an addition to what else you do. That kind of faith is lukewarm and cold and is not Christianity because when we are filled with the Spirit of God, there's a fire that burns in us that will affect. It will not always bring people to faith, but it will make a noise. Is that fire burning in you? If my people who are called by my name. If my people, who are called by my name, you are God's person, God's people. Call on Him for revival in your life today. Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that today you would speak to us. Today you would stir us. Today you would put a passion in us. Today you would put a conviction by your Holy Spirit in us for revival. And I pray specifically for the lukewarm and the cold believer who is just surviving in Jesus' name. That your Holy Spirit will come upon them and revive them. And I pray for the unbelievers, save them in Jesus' name today. Folks, if you are ready to give your life to the Lord, you will see a link coming up on our screen now. Just click on it and we will contact you and talk to you about your faith and help you to find Christ as your Lord and Savior. Turn to Jesus today. Thank you, Father, for your word. If my people, if my people, we are your people, stir us in Jesus' name, Spirit of God. Amen.